The following is an Elite Exteriors podcast. Welcome back for another episode of Slinging Roost 101. As always, I am Jordan, your host, and today we're going to have Carl Schaefer's back, our sales manager, as well as Brian Williams, our general manager. Um, today we're going to be talking about production. We're going to be talking about ordering material, um, everything that goes into uh, putting that job site together, putting that job together, and scheduling and whatnot. Uh, so, so now we, you know, we've reached the point where we've done the inspection, we filed the claim, we got it approved, we've picked out a shingle color, and we've gotten a contract signed. Uh, at that point, we've uploaded everything to our uh, CRM. We use that, that's the correct term, right? CRM. Okay. <laughs> um, AccuLinks and um, kind of what the way our company's set up is is we have someone else to kind of take it over from there until it's time to actually project manage that on the actual job day itself. So Brian is that guy. Um, uh, he works, you know, hand in hand with with Carl um, uh, on the residential side mostly, as well as uh, Shauna. I think uh, helps us out a little bit in that area as far as uh, you know what all we're getting. But when you're ordering that material and everything to to begin with, you know, we're we're getting that information from a couple of different things, right? Yeah. So um, the contract is key. In in determining you know what co- what the shingle color so when the when the sales guy gets the signed contract from the homeowner it's going to be very specific to say here's the shingle color out here I want timber tax or I want sealer ridge uh, all the way down to the color of the drip edge. Okay, awesome, awesome, and yeah, that's all along the left sides of our contract, and that's kind of how I explain it to homeowners too. When I'm going through that, there's some things that I will skip over, and I basically say this is really for the office. You know, you, you this is what this information is. You don't necessarily have to know it, but uh, we, we'll we'll cover it if you need to and stuff. So, um, outside the the contract itself, though, um, you're you're getting information obviously from the insurance scope. Insurance scope, either an Eagle View or a Hover. Um, and the new, newest one you mentioned. Yeah, there's a GAF roof report that I can order straight from ABC. Uh, it's inexpensive it's 16 bucks and no oh, does nice. the same thing essentially actually provides the material list and everything nice is that off their website directly GAF? this is actually just like if i were going to place an order for the material through abc i do it through the abc app oh yeah. cool sweet sweet okay um and then you know we're getting that material from you know whatever supplier that we are uh, in cahoots with correct um yeah, yeah i mean now though t- with you know I'm, i know it's not necessarily COVID related it's more about supply and demand right as far as like what's in production right now right but i mean what are some of the the uh the hiccups or the the obstacles you're, you're running into with that so as you said we do kind of put all our eggs in a, uh, one supplier basket for obvious reasons that we're getting kickbacks we're getting discounts when we pay early and things like that however uh, some of the hiccups are the, the our preferred supplier does not have the the shingle color in stock um, so I'll have to have two maybe three backup suppliers that I'll go to to, to fill the order okay awesome um, moving forward outside of uh, you know ordering the material um, what, what else is involved when it comes to and, and right now uh, just to explain we are talking specifically about residential at the moment we will get a little bit more into commercial side uh, here in a little bit but we are sticking to residential right now so um, when you're when you're 
uh, going through this whole process outside of just ordering the material itself. What else is involved with uh, getting that job site ready? So really there's three components, and that is the what we just mentioned, uh, the material. Then you've got your labor, so you got to sign a crew up. Um, and then from and then the final is the dumpster. Uh, well, okay. How are you going to get rid of the material that's coming off the roof? So in, in labor in particular, what, what what all is involved with that? I mean, uh, we obviously have different crews. I mean, is there a reason you may choose one crew to do a job? I mean, other than availability. Yes, absolutely. That there are crews that can only do you know effectively and efficiently maybe 30, 40 squares a day. Those crews aren't going to get the 60 and 70 square jobs. I do have crews that can do um, up to 120 squares in a day. So that that the size plays a big key factor, and then uh, beyond that, it's just their technical skills. You know, some of them are really good at cleanup. Some of them aren't so good at cleanup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, it, you just get a feel for it as you go. But I, I try to keep them as many as I can busy. Awesome, awesome. Um, and then. Uh, with those different uh, labor crews and everything like that, I mean, is it a consistent, um, you know, uh, what they're earning uh, on each job? Not, or? not at all. I, I look at it from the the pitch perspective. I look at it from how cut up the roof is. If it's just a simple gable roof, they're going to make, you know, $60 a square on a, a gable roof that's a, a six or below pitch. Uh, so I do really put time into it and, and review the scopes and the eagle views for that very reason to, to determine what price I'm going to offer for that job. Awesome. Okay. Um, and then the dumpster, um, you know, what, what all is entailed with the dumpster? I know that obviously it's, you know, probably generally people look at, well, it's just a dumpster. Like what, what could really be uh, included with, with that process? But I mean, I think there's a little bit more to it. Yeah, it's kind of like bringing a, a, a knife to a gunfight. If you bring a 20-foot container to a 100-square <laughs> okay. roof or whatever, you're, you're going to have to bring another trailer or another dumpster because it's not the material's not going to fit in there. Okay. Uh, and then it's basically we're charged by the pound. Most most dumpster companies will give you X amount of tonnage on the front end. So for, let's just say you order a 30-yard dumpster, you'll get up to four tons of material in that dumpster. If you exceed that four tons, then they're going to charge you 65, 75, 85 per ton, which is prorated, you know, if it's like a half a ton. Oh, oh, so it is prorated. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that brings a good point because a question I get often uh, from homeowners is, oh, well, I got, you know, I got a bunch of junk in the storage room or I got some old uh, things out in the backyard. Can I throw it in? Can I toss it in the dumpster? Yeah, gen- generally, I just I, I consider that a, um, a cost of doing business. If they're going to ask to throw something in there, I'm not. Uh, you know, it's 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 technically up to the project manager, but I would not recommend you know denying them unless it's like you know a couple tons or something. But yeah. if it's just you know just a chair. Or I, I got to like be honest. I, I have told them no. <laughs> I mean, it really is up to it's up to the project manager. I explained um, to them, you know, like you know that there is an extra cost involved. You know, but it goes by weight and whatnot. Um, now I, but, I, I'm not the you know a hard ass about it. Right. You know, I do say you know if it's just some you know a little yeah. bit here and there, but just don't go ham. Well, you know? at the end of the day, it does impact your check. So you're trying to protect as much as you can. <laughs> trying to make know? that money, man. Yeah, that's, that's, sure. that's what's slinging roofs is all about making yeah. that money, man. Um, well, you uh, also you also got to look at too. You know, some of our dumpster guys, if they're running, you know, their own personal trailers, and you're not using a true dumpster company, they might take their shingles to where, you know, they're, that dump side is shingles only, just roofing material, construction material, and uh, you know, you can't you can't have mattresses, bed springs, all that stuff in there. 
and then they can get in trouble they can get fined whatever it is whatever the case is so typically i tell homeowners no you know if you want to rent the dumpster i'm sure he'd be happy to bring them back he might have to take it to a different dump site Mm -hmm. you know i've ran into situations we used to use a guy beginning or end of last year and that was one of his big things was you know if he came out and he saw it he would actually get in the dumpster take all the stuff out and throw it in the yard and that's where it sat so you i know, don't want that happening no yeah. but i mean it's also it's not our company it's we're, no. we're contracting them out to come provide us a service they have their rules they got to follow as well so it's something you know you do got to be you know and, and brian does a great yeah. job of it but you got to be selective and you also got to know what is allowed in there and what is not allowed yeah, in yeah, those dumpsters yeah. at the time well, that's an important point you know knowing, knowing what that company does allow now if you're a, a contracting company that has your own dumpsters uh, be mindful of, of what's going in there uh, chuck uh, one of our owners he, he told me a, a fun story a funny story uh, back in the day he was picking up a dumpster he was hauling back from a homeowner's house and he had told that to homeowner, yeah, sure, you can toss uh, some doors in there that you got left over when you had your doors replaced. Well, these were hollow, lightweight doors, and, you know, I guess it just didn't dawn on him. Maybe he was in a hurry. Uh, but the wind, you know, from, from running that dumpster down the road took those doors right out of there and almost hit the cars behind them. You know, luckily no one got hurt, no cars got uh, damaged or anything like that. But, you know, it wasn't a fun conversation for him, for the, the family of three that pulled over to, to, to you know, curse him out about it. Uh, but uh, just be mindful of those things, uh, in particular, what what's allowed to go into that dumpster, and and if it's something that you a cost that you can incur, like you said, price doing business, yeah. it's you know, it only makes you look that much better, and you know could could possibly earn you another referral. You know that's the, that's the business we're in. You know you generate your leads, but you know it's nice when you don't have to work for them and they just come to you. Yep. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, Example, um, working in South of Nashville uh, just last month, uh, put up a roof, uh, everything went great. Um, all of our ma- material, crew, everybody was gone. Left, last thing left over is the dumpster. I do the walk around with the homeowners. They're you know, extremely satisfied with the work. You know, that was a 60, 65 square roof that we got done in a day. Uh, we had time to spare and then you know, it came out great. Uh, Next day, dumpster company comes to get that dumpster, blows a hydraulic line right there in the driveway. I mean, this is something you'd, you'd never expect to happen. You know, I, you know, when's the last time you've seen a hydraulic line really burst like that? But, you know, it's, it's a tough conversation to have, especially when you know that money's going to be coming out of your commission or, you know, splitting with the, the company 50 50 because it comes out of the profit side. And, you know, my, Working at the gym uh, previously to this, you know, I'm, I'm so used to dealing with contracts and, uh, you know, people that are, you know, they're getting late fees. I've already waived them a few times and they're getting more, you know, and they're just backing up, backing up. And, you know, like, no, you have to stick to this contract. You have to pay this. So that, you know, that was my first instinct. So it was a great learning lesson for me, you know, uh, learning directly from Carl and Carlton and Chuck. You know, I immediately went out to them and said, look. This is what's going on. This is how much they say this is going to cost to fix this driveway. They got it quoted out. Uh, I already have an email typed up telling them, no, that's not going to work for me. You know, <laughs> and then, of course, Carlton's like, hey, man, it's cost to do business. And you got you go ahead and take care of them. You know, we need that good review. And, you know, and, and it ended up working out where there are neighbors across the street. They referred us to them and everything like that. So, I mean, it just goes to show um, taking taking care of that homeowner, you know, regardless of the circumstance, you can try to figure it out on the back end, which luckily we were able to work something out with the, 
the dumpster company and uh <clears throat> anyway so just a little little anecdote there for you guys um let's see here so mistakes happen you know yada 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 but um you know particularly with the you know the next step once everything's ordered uh, is delivered oh placement we didn't talk about placement material and dumpster placement you know we got to clear that with the homeowner we have to let, let them understand we're going to put this in the driveway so know what kind of driveway you have you know this was a pea gravel driveway so knowing if your dumpster company will offer a service to lay down some uh some plywood or something like that to protect it from scraping things like that you know yeah. it's important to know absolutely yeah and you can address that obviously with the homeowner if they don't offer that service you know see if they got something in the garage that that you can use in that in, in that place and make sure that they're there you know so communicate you know eta arrival times and, and whatnot um uh, but but as far as placement goes um is is it typically the case to put the dumpster as close to the the home as possible or the the, the garage or whatever it may be yeah so two things uh, as close to the the home as possible uh, a lot of times they'll try to throw the material straight in and then allowing or enough room to open the door in case they need to ramp it in in wheelbarrow gotcha gotcha um, now, as far as, you know, if you had a homeowner, I, I haven't had this happen yet, um, but have you ever had a homeowner say something along the lines of, can can you put it in my grass or something like that? Yeah, actually, there was there has been one recently where they just had their driveway redone and they wanted the material and the dumpster in the front yard. So is, is that what we ended up doing? We did. And now, is that something that, like the conversation, tell me how that... So, well, through I'm, I'm hearing this secondhand through the salesperson, but they, they basically just said, hey, they, they don't want anything touching the driveway. They just had the driveway re- resurfaced. I don't know if that was concrete or if it was resurfaced, maybe maybe in pavement, but more mm-hmm. than likely concrete. Um, so he just said uh, he doesn't care about the yard, and he wants the dumpster and the and the uh, material to be put in the front yard. Yeah, so. so I mean, I guess if, if that's the homeowner's wishes, uh, we're, we're going to do what they what they we, want. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, uh, Carl, you know, big reason you're on this episode today is uh, we're going to talk more about the project managing side of, of the residential and what all is in, involved with that. So, so what I like to do is, get, you know, obviously it's build day. Whoever the project manager is going to be, whether it's the sales guys, whether we hire, you know, Chris comes in is going to project manage. They need to be there before the crew ever gets there. They need to make sure materials checked in, all the right materials been ordered, everything's been delivered. Obviously, you know, we use Aculinks. The material list is uploaded, the contract, the color of the shingles match, what's on the contract plus the material that's been or supposed to be ordered. Make sure when the crew gets there, they're not going to go rip off the neighbor's house. You know, that hasn't happened to us, thank goodness, but it's happened to other companies. Also, same thing with the color going on the roof. Got to make sure that's checked in. That's number one priority. Also, taking pictures of the driveway. We're talking about driveway, dumpster placement, making sure the dumpster's there, materials there, crews there, how many crew members are there. If we got a 60, 70 square roof going up and we got t- five people there, 10 people there, is that going to be done in a day? Can we get that done? You know, we use, we use a, um, an app called Slack to all communicate so whoever's checking in that material they're going to sit there they're going to take pictures of the dumpster they're going to take pictures of all the material make sure that lines up post it in slack take pictures of the house make sure they're at the right house um let us know how many crew members are there let us brian know when he's doing production when he's checking everything hey we got a build going up tomorrow 
I can get another crew on this because they're not going to be done in this in a you know with this job in a day, or hey, they're going to be done by three o'clock. You know, they got 15 people on a 35 square. They might be done by lunchtime. We're good to go tomorrow. So all that stuff, you know, needs to be done at the very beginning. Project managing, you know, we have our guys every 15 to 20 minutes walk around the building, make sure everything's covered. You know, we got a catch-all system. Our project managers, they set up the catch-alls. You know, obviously on the front of the house, we have an ad, you know, company logo that goes on the front of that as mm -hmm. well. That's all set up. Walk around the entire structure at the beginning, take pictures of all the screens, bushes, windows, everything, making sure we document any damage that was there before we start the project and then also you know after we start after we finish the project all those photos should be taken again yeah and, did, and really to reiterate your point you know doubling up on on those photographs because we talked about it in the initial inspection as well taking those elevation shots you know and when you're actually going to project manager whoever that project manager is uh, make they need to make sure that they are getting close-up shots or just doing an even more thorough job because they're not there looking for damages or they're looking for damages yes technically but not looking for storm damages they're look more looking for any kind of discrepancy that you know we want to make sure is documented before that project begins so they can't say that we caused it absolutely yeah. i mean you're you're looking at you know where the siding meets the roof you know we got to replace that flashing we want to make sure we got pictures of that siding is it chipped is it you know already broken is it rotted that way when we do replace that flashing do we cause that damage if the homeowner comes back and we don't have documentation you know that's running to us jordan where we didn't have documentation of the damage was it there prior we don't really know don't really know so you got an error on the side of the homeowner we're going to fix it we're going to replace it we're going to you know we yeah. want that good review so we're going to do what we got to do but if we got previous photos which should be taken you know obviously the day of the inspection but also the day of the build prior to the roof being torn off and you know that flashing mm -hmm. getting replaced if we got documentation we can say hey this was already like that you know we can't replace something that we didn't do yeah and furthermore you know documenting this this documentation during the process of the build is also used in uh, supplements so and, and COCs you know, to show, to show that it was installed, to show that we need to be compensated for it. Absolutely. And we and we do our supplementing, you know, the day after the build's complete. We start working on supplement. Obviously, Shauna, if she's got time, you know, she can start working on that supplement. But we truly submit our supplement and our COC the day after the build. That lets us know, you know, she's got the right photos she needs. If she doesn't have those photos and she can't prove it, there's no need to supplement for it because we're not going to get it paid for anyways. So, you know, like the flashing being replaced around the chimney, all that stuff, the, any step flashing, you know, that's damaged during tear off, stuff like that. Um, if there's drip edge, we gotta show, you know, put drip edge on there. Obviously, you know, drip edge, we can go back if they didn't have it previously, we can go back and take pictures of the drip edge after it's installed, but go ahead and get those pictures of it being installed. Ice and water in the valleys, you know, they're gonna pay for valley metal for coat upgrade. Same with drip edge, as long as they got code upgrade coverage. But we have to document all that stuff. We have to take photos. That's why our project managers are on site the entire time from before the crew gets there to when the crew leaves. We got to document all this stuff. We have to have these photos to support the supplementing process. Also, we have to have these photos for, you know, to show we actually put on the roof. You can take a photo at the beginning of it, showing the old roof and then taking a new roof photo. But then again, you're losing on, on your supplements. So that's part of our project management that's what these guys are trained to do i spend time with them 
Shauna spends time with them. Brian spends time with them. We talk to them, and we coach this every sales meeting we have. Photos, photos, photos. I mean, it's something we reiterate every single month just so these guys, and not just these guys, but the company, we all benefit from these supplements. You know, insurance owes to pay for this stuff, but they also – we have to prove that the work's been done. Right, right. Now, you know, we're, we're our, our company is structured in a way where, um, you know, our sales guys are their own project managers, or you have the option to uh, hire another person to do the project managing within the company. You know, we have some that are specific project managers, or we have, you know, you can ask another salesman that's available to project man that manage that day. I, for one, prefer not to do the project managing because I do a lot of running around on build day. I may be doing some door knocking. I may be talking to the neighbors, letting them know, hey, there's going to be some noise going on, by the way, you need an inspection, <laughs> you know, things like that. But I also use it as a wonderful opportunity to uh, do some marketing on social media, uh, showing people the, the process of the build and, you know, being informative and showing them particular components that are like building code requirements like drip edge and things like that and what that looks like so that, you know, hopefully, in my mind, it gets them looking at their own roof like, oh, well, I don't have that. Maybe I need to give this guy a call, you know, something of that nature. Uh, so if you got a drone, I think it's a great uh, opportunity to do some kind of, you know, marketing that way, showing the process and stuff like that. You know, it's just things to keep in mind. Um, if you're not going to be doing the actual project managing and, and being too busy to uh, to to do that kind of stuff, you know, that, that it opens the door for, for you to do more. So there's always something going on, always something to do, and build days are a great time to do that stuff. Absolutely, and door knocking. We, we like to door knock on build days. We, we push it very hard. You know, um, we'll get a group of guys out there knocking an entire neighborhood, let them see the work we're, we're doing. You know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm with you, Jordan. If, if it's my build, I like to have someone else actually watch my build, go get the material. That way I can go and do other things I need. Now, I say that, but we also require – our sales guy, whoever sold that job, whoever, you know, has been in contact with the homeowners, they need to be there also in the morning. They need to show face to that homeowner. They are the face of the company at that point. They need to, you know, ask for those referrals during build day. They need to communicate with the homeowner what's going on. They also need to communicate with whoever's project managing. Hey, that satellite dish is coming off. Hey, make sure we watch out for this. Hey, you know, this deck is brand new. Make sure it's covered with the tarp the entire time of the build, not just when the shingles are torn off. All those things need to be, you know, discussed with that project manager. Over a phone call, it's a lot more difficult rather than, you know, showing up and showing our project manager exactly what needs to be done. So we do require our guys to show up in the morning. We also require them to do a final walkthrough with the homeowners at the end. The project manager can do a final walkthrough and he needs to make sure the crews, you know, cleaned up correctly, but we also want our customers to be satisfied. It's not the project manager's, you know, job to make sure that customer's satisfied. Mm -hmm. It's whoever the sales rep is, is to make sure they are happy, they're satisfied, everything looks good. You know, and they sign off, you know, we got we got a contract, but we also have, you know, an extended contract as well that they sign off on saying, hey, everything looks good. They don't see any repairs that need to be done at this time. Right. If there is something that needs to be done at that time, something that doesn't look right or something that, you know, got messed up, that's something they sign off on, we sign off on. We know this is an issue and we'll take care of it. Yeah. But that's why we require our sales reps to actually be there because 
they're comfortable with the sales rep. They don't know who the well, project manager and to is. Pi- to piggyback off that, not, not, not only for that reason alone, but also um, when it comes time to refer Elite Exteriors, they're, they're not referring the project manager. They're going to be referring yeah. that salesman. So, you know, keep that personable relationship with, with your homeowner. Make sure that you are the first middle and last face that they deal with you know because you are you are the face of that project and elite exteriors so, so at the time. Jordan do you normally if you're on site for at least the start of the build do you introduce the homeowner to your project manager? I uh, I'm not typically there at the very beginning okay. um, now I do come throughout the, I, I'm the, the guy that stops in throughout the day because of the things I mentioned before the things I like to do um, I don't, um, so no, I don't necessarily introduce them, but I tell them exactly who he is. I tell them what vehicle he drives. Uh, uh, sometimes I even provide the contact information, you know, his phone number and everything, so they can reach out if they need anything. Uh, uh, but I also will, will talk to, you know, whoever that PM is, and, and uh, I'll give them their info. I mean, obviously, they can find, look it up in our, our Acculinks as well. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell them sp- particular things or specific things about that homeowner to you know to be wary of and or not necessarily wary but you know just just things i think they need to know <clears throat> but i uh, you know our projects you know, generally start with 6 six thirty in the morning uh, if i'm out of town you know I, I'm, I'm getting there you know after i get that complimentary breakfast and, <laughs> and then i'll go up there they're like like seven seven thirty eight o'clock sometimes you know but uh so no to answer your question no i don't do that all the time <laughs> Uh, but but moving forward, you know, I told you we we're going to talk a little bit about the commercial side as well. Um, and now that obviously, Brian, I, I, from my understanding, there's tons more involved with commercial. Yeah. yeah so they, talk they, to me a little bit more about that. So um, anything that's a commercial um, installation, you have to you have to follow OSHA guidelines, and they're very strict. So not to go into any great detail, but uh, we we did a church recently and you have to secure the area right we had we had a crane involved where we had to remove a steeple and then replace the steeple once the the roof was on so um you just have to know um have someone on on site that's certified in osha you know things like that i mean because it's just way it it is way more involved and Mm -hmm. you know hard hats vests you got to be uh roped in even on a even on three or four pitch you know those things aren't required in, in residential installations and you know, a lot of people will even question the pay structure. There's more taken out of commercial than, than there is residential overhead, or that's mainly because there's more cost going into it, you know. Well, I mean, to go off of you, Brian, too, it's also, you know, steeple. We had to have an electrician out there because, well, I say an electrician, it was a, a, a lightning rod guy. Right, um, yeah. But uh, had to have him come out there. We had to cut the cable. Hey, he has to reconnect it just to remove the steeple, have siding. Um, siding guy out there um, also you know our roof that was going up all these moving parts I mean when we do when we do a commercial we sit around this table we're talking out right now we we get a picture of the building strategically planned where the dumpsters go where the material is going to go where we're roping everything off what time is this you know the crane um, coming in what time's the crane operator coming in what time's the roof going on you know uh, when's the siding guy coming when's you know, I think we got a little bit of paint painting to do there too, as well. When when are we scheduling the paint crew to come in and and fix some drywall? Um, you know, the electrician. What time's he going to be there? Because he's got to disconnect. You know, the lightning rod from the steeple. Then he's got to reconnect it. So we got to get all this done in a timely manner. You know, something we thought was going to be a two-day job, we ended up 
you know, being able to do it in two day or in one day, which was awesome. So, you know, one two day crane rental turned into one day, which, you know, our crew, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It saves money, but we planned all this for a two day job. I mean, it's not, it's not just, you know, Brian sitting in front of a computer, ordering some material, clicking a button. This is something that has to be strategically planned. I mean, we did mm -hmm. one, we did a commercial job in Atlanta. We got to rope it off tight streets, you know, get a crane out there to get the material on the roof, have to make sure we can place the dumpster somewhere. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it that, you know, we sit in here strategically plan for hours yeah. to make sure everything runs when we say right. it's going to run. Going I mean, over possible scenarios, things mm -hmm. that could go wrong, how we're going to handle that. Yep. I mean, being proactive rather than reactive is, is yeah. I think, essential, especially when it comes to the commercial side of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, overall, it's just, it's, it's a lot bigger process, a lot more thought that goes into it. Um, the planning, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's a monster yeah. just to yeah. get done. I mean, we did a church last year and the only day, you know, we had to start at one thirty when the bank closed at 12, the earliest they would let us start is one thirty when everybody was off site, which obviously we want everybody to be off site cause we don't want anybody to be hurt mm -hmm. and then have to get done. You know, they got to open back up on Monday. So, you know, getting the material delivered, luckily we had a great staging area. Um, you know, the crew, you know, we have awesome crews. No one wants to start tearing off a roof, you know, in the heat of the summer at 1.30 when it's 97 degrees. They like to be shingling there where, you know, it's still hard work, but, you know, tearing off a roof, cleaning up is miserable. So, I mean, you know, all that stuff goes into it. You know, when we can do this, you know, a lot dictates on whoever is running you know the business or you know yeah the it's a great, great point to make yeah. to what kind of business is it yeah. yeah exactly we did a daycare same procedure you know you have to you, you can't have uh, roofers on your roof when there's kids around so we had to do it on a saturday a very specific timing on dropping dumpsters off material off and and where to place everything so carl carl think nailed it when he said you know it's all about the planning on the front and if you get all that right yeah, there still might be a hiccup, but it's not going to be to the extent that it could if, just from not planning it out properly. Oh, great point to make, fellows. Great point. I mean, uh, before we wrap it up, I mean, is there anything else commercial related that uh, you could think of? Well, one thing that actually applies to both residential and commercial is, you know, the, the production side of it is getting the order, the, all the material there, the right place, right time, dumpsters. But there's a back-end component to it that impacts your check, uh, and that's you know getting the return out of there and getting it you know uh, back to the back to the supplier because I don't know how big of a return you've had at this point, but I've seen returns for you know a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, right actually, I've, I've had one um, one of the one of the first jobs I had was a like a seventeen eighteen hundred dollar return. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean that's that's big, and oh, that yeah. also plays into the timing on you know. Uh, me paying the crew because if 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 i ordered 50 squares and they put 30 squares on which i would never do but let's say hypothetically i did that and i don't ha i don't see the return i have no choice but to pay them on 50 squares right because right? we're so, going by by yeah, a square we'll get, yeah paying them per square so what well, is the feed off that brian i mean it's also you know we get, we're going we're, we're skipping but it's on the same point you know project managing you know you got to be on top of it if you if you see them throwing bundles of shingles off the roof you know 
those are going straight in the dumpster. We can't we can't return damaged bundles of shingles. So right. the crew's getting paid for those damaged bundles. So it's just another thing the PM needs to be looking out for. Exactly. Absolutely. And I mean, our crews are good. I don't. I've caught them doing it a couple times, but majority of the time they're carried back down the ladder, stacked neatly. So you know, if we got to get ABC, you know, our suppliers incredible. But if we got to get ABC to actually, you know, we got. 10 squares left over you know that rarely happens brian's great on what it is but on these commercial jobs we're going to order a lot more than what we need to make sure we got the material especially yeah. abc's closed on saturday sunday well i'd rather do a return than have to run to home depot yeah. five or six times throughout the project yep. you know and, and have to get more you're stuff. paying retail for it so we're you know it's eating away at the profitability it's eating away at your check mm -hmm. you know just does it's it's not good for anybody making trips to home depot mm -hmm. or or any other supplies. I agree. I agree. But uh, that I guess that is one thing that we didn't mention was you know if there is something that is needed, you know it's the project manager's job to also make sure they get it so the crew can continue to work. You know we'll go ahead and pay for that and because uh, we're fronting all cost of labor and material anyway. Yep. Uh, but it's going to come out of your uh, your your back end or your your commission there. Uh, Carl Brian, uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, everybody else out there, I mean feel free to comment put in your input i'm sure there's something that we missed you know that didn't cover or maybe you do something a little bit differently you know we can all learn from each other uh, so reach out social media uh, we're on facebook uh sling and roost 101 uh, uh, instagram as well i think that one's slinging.roost.101 um and our email you can email us directly uh sling and roost 101 at elite that is elite you guys have a good one thanks